Welcome back to Heart to Heart, episode number 116, Becoming Your True Self. In this episode, Mark and I speak with legendary casting director Marcy Phillips. Coming from a family deeply rooted in Broadway, Marcy uses the wisdom she gained from her experiences, encouraging actors to celebrate their individuality and incorporate it into their work. Marcy is an expert in helping actors thrive, and she approaches her work with genuine care and love for all actors. Her perspective can help anyone struggling with their career to feel re-energized and ready to show the world their true self. Before you listen, you've got to grab our backstage pass. It is packed with Marcy's top tips, insider advice, and additional resources that will give you a competitive edge. You can grab the backstage pass by going to podcastbackstagepass.com. You know how I knew it was Marcy Phillips Day? How? Because I went to the subway, I walked down the steps, and the train just pulled right up. (laughs) And this is when I know it's a very special day. (laughs) And I mean That's funny. That's funny. It happened. I'm trying to keep it like entertaining for you. So I'm going to throw out a uh, a name for you because, you know, you've done so much and I know you've done these like... uh, I don't know the correct name for the multicultural showcases. What is the name? Disney Discovers Talent Showcase. There's an actress here, Marcy, many years ago. And I would love for you to elaborate about her because she's such a cool woman. Her name is Gina Rodriguez. And over the years, she has referred so many people here. But more importantly, she's such a cool woman. And I just wanted to see if you recall seeing her when she did the showcase or if she did the showcase. I've been doing the showcase since its inception. Um, This is our 21st year of the Disney Television Discovers Talent Showcase. say that 10 times. I know, I know, right? Oh, tongue twister. And yeah, of course, I mean, it was my job in the showcase for many years to find the talent and work with the talent and all of that. And boy, do I remember Gina. Her scene was so much fun and she was such a delight. And to this day, she is the same lovely human being, has the same beautiful light to her. She's she's an exemplary human being and an exemplary actor. And I just can't say enough about her. And I'm just so happy that we got to play a little part in her taking the next step in her career. And in fact, now she's doing a show for us called Not Dead Yet that she's starring in. And it's so much fun. And every step of her career just makes me so happy because she's such a truly beautiful human being. So, you know, you see so many people along the way and both actors and people in the industry. And when someone can kind of keep that air about remembering where they came from and acting that way, it's just such a joy, isn't it? It truly is. And there's, I would find that the majority of people are like that. I think that when somebody gets success really, really early and right away and doesn't know the struggle because it's like right out of school and they book the big thing and then they're on their way, it can be a bit confusing. And you don't really have that foundation of understanding how, how grateful you need to be and how appreciative you need to be about the fact that you are in this lauded place. So I always worry about the people who get it too much too soon. I was trying to read as much as I could about you before today. And uh, in some of your articles in the past with, uh, you know, you've done with like backstage, etc. This is such an interesting subject, Marcy, because you hear this all the time. And, and you were talking about this so many times 
an actor is trying to be what they think the other people want them to be. And you know, you hear, just be yourself, bring yourself to the table. And it sounds so easy, but it, it's got to be very difficult to do because so many people, as you've even said, have a very difficult time doing that. Can, can you elaborate a little bit? It's easy for certain roles for an actor to say, oh, I know how to put myself into this. But there are those other roles where you're like, I don't quite understand what that means uh, for this particular role. Or some actors might be, I don't really understand what that means. It's not me. And it's a character that a writer wrote. To my estimation, and this is just my opinion, I feel like I, I, I ask all of those actors to ask a couple of their friends what it is about them that makes them choose to have them in their life. Because we all meet thousands of people within our lifetime, not everybody, but many of us meet thousands of people or hundreds of people. And we have a very finite number of people that we say, you're my friend. I'm not talking about followers or Facebook friends. I'm talking about people who are in your life who you feel close to and who you say you, you are my friend. And it's because they have certain qualities that you want to have in your world. So I always ask actors to ask their friends, not their family, because as I say, those are people that are stuck with you. People that actively choose to have you in their life. What is it about you that makes them choose to have you in their life? Because those are the same qualities that will make the producer fall in love with you, that will make the audience fall in love with you and want to follow you. Not that you have to put all of those qualities into everything you do, but some of them. You know, I've known extremely famous people and I see them in everything they do. I don't care if they are playing a historical person who lived. I still see them because they're using their their vessel. They're using themselves. So their version of this historical person would be as much research as they do, et cetera, et cetera. It's still their version of it. And so you're always using yourself anyway. So when it comes to roles in like a TV series that are recurring or a series regular, the writers have to write for you. And they don't know who you are until they really get to know you and they've hired you. But the audition is the first place where the writers get to see, ah, you have this kind of sense of humor. or Oh, you have this kind of empathetic heart. Whatever it is, if everybody just did the audition the same way as it is on the page, that would not tell us who is going to be a star out of a series because stars are people who understand how to take their personal charisma and their special sauce and inject it into what they do. So we need to see that in the audition. Well, one thing that... uh has always been such a, a nice bond between us as you always have seen since day one, the value in your classes, an actor being assigned material that's not from an acting teacher. In your case, now this is really rare, someone who has the gift of teaching, but also who's giving them a recent body of written material, let's just say is, is pretty current from a, a television script where they're actually able to only have a, a small period of time, two or three days, sometimes maybe even one night, to prepare it. And no matter where their training comes from, having to master that nuance of making that come to life in a short period of time. 
And I do feel that you've always seen that value and you've been always able to impart to the actor just how to deal with that limitation as far as uh, not very much time, but needing to do what's possible to make it come to life. Well, television is a kind of a quick medium. It's not like theater where you could have months of rehearsal. It is quick and it's just a muscle that you have to understand what is the most important thing here. I always feel like, well, if you have a very limited time, like let's say I'm working my catering job and I'm not home until two in the morning and my audition is due the next day and I don't have a lot of time, I say what's the most important thing is to make us see who you are. I always feel that I need to know you better after your audition than I did before your audition. And this is just me. You ask somebody else to be like, no, you know, be, become the character. Take that ball and run with it. You do you. For me, I'm always from personally knowing a, a, a lot of actors who are very successful to actors that are, you know, just starting out and struggling. I have found time and time again that the ones who tend to make it the farthest, no matter how long it takes to get there, are the ones who know how to inject themselves, the things that are attractive about themselves internally into almost anything that they do. You know, it's funny, Marcy, when, when like the first time I set foot in Paris, France, I felt like a foreigner. I didn't know the language. But then, you know, you get the experience, the land, and you start to love it and you feel more comfortable. So back to you, can't inspire unless you've had your own story. And I love your story. And is there any way you could just share a little bit about how you got into this business? Well, I was born into it. So it's not like I had any, I can't take credit for getting into this business or I can't say, well, this is a time when I, a moment when I decide, no, I was born into it. You know, my dad was a Broadway musical actor. He was in the original Guys and Dolls and Damn Yankees and Funny Thing Happened All the Way to the Forum. And my mom was a Broadway dancer. And this is really all I knew. I mean, I grew up like sitting on Judy Garland's lap and Zero Mostel. And, and my dad was trying to teach me how to read as quickly as possible as a, as a, as a toddler. So he'd always have someone to do his signs with him. <laughs> so it was inevitable that I would be in this business in some way, shape, or form. And I was an actress when I was a kid. But when I was about 10, these kids uh, were playing airplane with me. Honestly, they were pissed off that I was an actress because they wanted this girl wanted to be an actor and she was angry because I was doing it. And so she said, let's play airplane. And she took me by one arm and one leg and she threw me around and she let me go. And I went into a stone wall head first and I was left with something that they called dystonia, which my right side is just neurologically screwy. Because of that, threw you into that wall. Oh yeah, from that. Yeah. Whoa. So by the time I was 10, this has just been the way that it is. And I consider it, honestly, you know, you can tell what I'm about to say. I consider it one of the great gifts of my life because when I was in the hospital, the kid to the left of me and the kid to the right of me didn't make it out. And the doctors said, you can't leave until you can walk. And 
my not being able to walk had nothing to do with the injury. It was because they were giving me so many tests and I had all these needles put into my legs so I couldn't walk them. They said it'd be about two weeks. And so that night, like a, like a lifetime movie, my little 10 year old self said, I hate the food here. I'm getting out of here. So I dragged myself up and down the hallways all night. And in the morning when all the doctors came, did their rounds, I said, look, and I hopped out of bed and I walked up and down the hall and they go, okay, you can leave. That kind of set the tone for my life. I mean, I don't know. My mom tells me I was always that way even before that. But for my knowledge, that set the tone for my life to say, you know, never say never. And I, I'm happy to, to, to let go if something can't happen. But I'll be damned if I'll say it can't happen until I know it can't happen. And that kind of really just changed everything for me. I became very philosophical, like, you know, duh, and very appreciative of and grateful for every day and understood at an early age what it was to face mortality. And so every day to me is, is a gift. And I have no idea what I would be thinking or who I would be if that didn't happen to me. So that's my long-winded story of that. Well, it's, it's actually not over because, you know, we've been, the through line here has been where there's a will, there's a way. I was referring when I was talking about the business and you don't just show up to ABC and say, hey, I was born into the business. I'm going to get into casting. Let me have a, a job. Well, that's true. That's true. Well, I, I, when I was old enough to get the hell out of the house, what did I do? I married an actor who became a very, very, very big actor, very, very respected. I don't say his name because I want to respect his privacy. For 14 or 15 years, I was with him and I was thrust into a world of about big actors. His mom was very big in the business. And so when he and I divorced, she loved me tremendously. And so she said, You're, you should be a casting director. I'm going to have you be an intern somewhere because that's the way that you do it. As, as a casting person, you don't just say, hey, I have all this knowledge. I know all these people. I've been coaching actors that are hugely successful for years. Make me a casting director. They're like, huh, why? You know, so there's really no way in except interning and working your way up. And I was fine with that. I was more than thrilled. So I was living a few blocks from where um, a specific network was. And so my, my mother-in-law said, hey, back then interns worked for free and I was like sure I'll work for free and so I did and I just set up set about making myself invaluable I mean there's I said yes before the question would come out of their mouth it's what I was doing for free anyway was coaching actors and and loving and taking care of actors psyche helping them along the way I did that for free forever so this to me was just like, oh, okay, this is just an extension of it. And I made myself invaluable. And when I said one day, I actually need to get paid for this, they found a way. I worked for the most phenomenal woman in on God's green earth as a casting director, Alexa Fogel, phenomenal woman and a phenomenal casting director. And she was my mentor. She and I had the same kind of uh, standards of excellence. And so we remained lifelong friends and she took me in and found a way to hire me. So I just worked my way up from there with no intention of, 
of anything. I My childhood makes me think tomorrow, what's tomorrow? All you have is the present. So I was just happy every day. And I found myself, you know, immersed in casting. Hey, it's Brian. I'm dropping in on an important announcement. What you need to know is you have more control over your career than you think. The thing standing between you and the career you want is your connections. And that's where one-on-one next level comes in. If you are not a member yet, you can apply to join at oneononenextlevel.com. Press pause and do that now. If you are already a member and you are ready to get back on track, we want to invite you to book a strategy session with us led by myself personally. We will help you prioritize which classes make the most sense given your career goals. You can find these under the resource hub in your account portal. We can't wait to hear your success story. Now that you're at, you know, a much, you know, kind of, you know, still casting, but a much, you know, larger scale in terms of being at a network, there, there must be, you know, different challenges that you have to deal with now that, you know, maybe you didn't have to deal with on the independent side. I was never independent. I never did independent casting. I mean, I would cast like, you know, off-Broadway shows and I cast a, an, an indie film that, that went to Sundance, but I would never call myself an independent casting director. I, 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 again, I cast things for free and I did things, but I, I wouldn't say an indie cast director. I don't think, I don't find any challenges. I mean, I'm, this is very boring because I, I don't, I love, I love who I work for. I, I love what I do. Any challenges are simply the frustration of maybe seeing people that are so enormously talented, taking longer to hit their next level than I would like because there's so many people that I just think are insanely brilliant and I'm like when is it going to happen and there's only so much a casting director can do you know and sometimes the producers are closer to you and sometimes you don't know the producers so but that's that's the business that's life it's like it's okay you know, that's so interesting because I you've done some videos for our new members. And one thing that has really, you know, stuck with me is when you tell them, you're like, this industry can be so frustrating because, you know, you feel like you've done everything like, you know, and it hasn't happened. But that same frustration is there's another side to that coin where tomorrow it could all come together and you could all of a sudden, not for no reason, but, you know, for that same no reason why you're not successful, you could immediately land a ser- you know, series and, and your career could take off. To my mind, it, it is all perception. If you think that this business is shitty, you can't catch a break, and it's impossible to get to the next level, you're a thousand percent right. But conversely, if you think this business is magical and anything could happen tomorrow and your wildest dreams can be exceeded, you're a thousand percent right. So to me, it's all your perception. I mean, everything in life is perception. You can't control things, but you can control how you think about them. And so if you think of this business as terrible, then then sure. But if you see this business is quite beautiful and magical, then sure. <laughs> and, and then that's where, where there's a will, there's a way comes into play. Yeah, I mean, look, doesn't mean that, you know, if you're, if you're persistent and you've got the will, that that means that you're going to be successful in this business. That doesn't mean that. What it means is, is you will get as far as you were meant to get. And, you know, a lot of people shift, shift their career. A lot of people after five years of, you know, banging their head into the wall, they say, Hey, I want to be a director or I want to be a casting director. 
or I want to be, I want to go into development or I want to, or I want to knit sweaters, following your bliss and understanding that you're always evolving as a person and what you wanted before you may not want today. So don't drag yesterday's story into today. And unless you're sure that this is truly what makes you happy and not just an old story that you're telling yourself. I don't know that I would say necessarily where there's a will, there's a way. I'd say where, where there's a will to be happy, there's a way to be happy. Well, you know what, Marcy? It's a perfect time to talk about how did you start to think in terms of coming up with the book, The Present Actor, because it's a practical and spiritual guide to help you uh, enjoy the ride. And what I actually mean by where there's a will, there's a way is if I've ever wanted something in life, I don't, you don't have to like uh, push a, a round peg in a square hole because that never worked. But you go where there's flow and you don't go where there's no flow. That's it? Let's hear about it. Let's hear about the present actor. I wrote that book because I mentor so many actors and a lot of them would say to me, damn, I wish I had something that I could bring home and read in the middle of the night when I need some whatever. I need help with navigating something. And so I said, well, okay, I'll just write it up and I'll just, you know, photocopy it and I'll, you know, hand it out. And they were like, some people were like, but then you'd have to know the people and hand it to them. So shouldn't you be writing a book? And I was like, okay, but there's got to be stuff out there that helps actors emotionally. I mean, of course, there's so many books you know, from Michael Shirtliff's audition, which is, of course, like, you know, the great one. Yes. In my opinion, your book compared to that book, and I, I've read that book a couple of times, and they say it's a great book. I say it's a little confusing. What I love about your book, and I hate to do this, but I, what I love about your book, and I always tell the actors when, when, when they were live and coming into the uh, orientations, it's so practical. Someone like me who has reading issues can understand it. There's no confusion. I wanted it to be as if you and I went out to tea and I just talked to you for like three hours. That's how I wanted it to sound. I didn't want it. I didn't. My editing process really sucked because I was like, well, this is the way I talk. So I don't care if something is off or whatever, because I, I wanted it to sound like me, like pure, purely me. And I didn't set out to write the book. I set out to find a book for actors to say, here, here's how you can navigate the emotional demands that are, you put on yourself and that the business puts on you. Here it is. But I couldn't really find anything. There were a couple things that were very old phrase, new agey. Who's more new agey than me? And I thought they were too new agey. So I'm like, ah. and then there were the practical books, but I'm like, but there's nothing that really addresses the challenges any performer goes through in this business in terms of internal struggles. And so I thought, oh, fuck it, I'll just write it myself. And so I did, and I didn't want anybody to tell me what to do with it. So I self-published it because I was like, yeah, I could bring it to those places that have those publishers that do the the niche entertainment books, but I didn't want anybody to tell me what to do with it. So I just published myself and I didn't advertise or anything because I'm like, actors will find it if they want it. If they don't want it, good, you know, it's whatever. But it has lasted quite a 
bit because I think because again it's like it, it's like it's like going out with me for coffee or tea or water because Marcy like so many practical things that you've said really have stuck with me one of them is you know what you said which which you would think a lot of people would know but they don't and it but it but this helps coming from you for instance if an if there's a callback and an actor comes in with a script in their hand and they keep on looking down versus the actor that has the script in their hand but doesn't have to look down so often really really you know gives you the understanding from being able to look at the reader in the eye pretty much most of the time it it's really showing the casting person you know just the amount of work or what what work the uh, actor has put into it so you you pretty much say if you can Yes, bring bring the script in with you. Bring the uh, set of sides in with you. But if you don't have to look at it so much, it's it's going to make an impression. That just something like that. Whenever we're putting you on camera, we're looking at you as if you're in the show already. So if you have a page and you're constantly looking down like this, well, it takes us out of what you're doing. It takes us out of us seeing. Uh, who you are because we're just seeing oh yeah you're an actor who's constantly looking at the page who either didn't do their homework the way they should or did do the homework the way that they should but their nerves kick in so you use that that page as your as your security blanket instead of using it as your safety net and we want the page in your hand or whatever in your hand because you know, nerves are going to kick in and just going to fly out of your head that you did know backwards when you were home and you did do your homework. We don't care if you look down once in a while. And I don't care even if you're looking at directly at the reader for whatever period of time. I want you to recreate reality because that to me is what we're doing. We are heightening um, situations just in terms of like, you know, plucking them from life and putting them on screen and saying this this will illuminate something about life and about relationships sometimes that involves looking at the person if you're in love for the first three months with that person nothing else exists but then after the three months life starts to come back in you're looking at your phone as you're talking to whatever i just wanted to i want to feel when i'm watching you i don't want to see the best actor in the world in front of me I want to forget I'm watching an actor altogether. And the only way that that can be done is to, for you to understand what it is that, that, that is important, which is who are you? That's all. Who are you in your life? And how does this fit into the world that we're in, the doctor world, the lawyer world, whatever world it is? Because they'll, you know, I feel like people will rewrite things for you if they fall madly in love with you and you aren't maybe the exact vision that they thought of, but if they're in love with you, mm, there's no rules. That's the biggest thing I'd say. There are no rules. And I think anybody who tells you that there's rules in life, let alone in this business, in my estimation, incorrect. Because every rule is meant to be broken. There's huge success stories that come from people breaking a rule all you can say is what is true most of the time that's you can say that but you can't say this is empirically true or i'm an expert you almost just read my mind that's actually what i was going to bring up as 
Like I think one of the reasons why your your classes here are so popular, and I know from experience that you're such a popular teacher, is because unlike so many other, not even just casting directors who teach, even acting teachers in this business, we, we interviewed uh, Wendy McKenna for our podcast, um, you know, the other day, and she was just going on about how, like, you know, like even even with like self tapes these days, like you 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 like you know take those classes or those seminars, and it's don't do this. Don't do that. There's this rule. There's this rule. But oh, here's a self tape from someone who did book and they actually, you know, broke all the rules, but still don't break those rules. And actors are so confused because they're saying, wait, like this guy broke all the rules and booked the job. And this is you're saying the best tape. But in all of your classes, you're saying don't do this and don't do that. And I think that's why you your classes are such a standout because, you know, you don't try to like force like a cookie cutter onto how to make it in this business. No, I tell actors anything that I ever say to you, just silently tack on usually after my sentence is over. Because all I can say is what is usually true a huge percentage of the time. There are many things that are usually true. That does not mean that it's always true. And again, saying expert, ah, you know, you uh, name any profession, mathematics, anything. Yes, there's people who have more experience and who know no more than the average bear, but they will even disagree with each other. So, huh? And, you know, take that to medicine, take that to everything. You know, so if you have disagreements within the experts, then... Huh? Marcia, you know, that that to me is one of the most special things about this business. And speaking of breaking the rules, you know, because I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I'm a big fan of, you know, you don't break the rules just to break the rules, but sometimes it pays off. So I'll give you one that I don't know if we've ever spoken, but Jamie Hector was an actor here and he was speaking to me about his frustration at the time. He didn't have an agent and he was really trying to figure out his way to break into the business. It just happened to be that I, I I told him, I said, you know, there's this woman named Alexa Fogel who happens to be casting a show that you just might, you just might be right for Jamie. And he goes, yeah, I know. But um, it says, don't call, don't stop by, don't. I said, yeah, no, that's a rule. Don't stop by and don't drop off your headshot. I said, but if you go there and you, and you drop off your headshot and see, she sees you, I mean, let's look at the worst that can happen. She might call the police and then you'll come and get arrested and probably serve 20 years in jail, or you might have nothing to lose. And he did it, Marcy. He went down there, dropped off his headshot. She did call him in. And I don't know if you know, obviously he went on to get on the show. Yeah. De Niro used to do that. Yeah. So it's breaking the rules, but you know, it does. And once again, I'm not saying everybody should do that. Just one of the many examples. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's true. There's the the world is is littered with examples of people who broke the so-called rules. But you're right. That doesn't mean that everybody should do it, or it works for everybody. Because the 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 you know they could have called the police too. <laughs> Some actors who choose to write for themselves. I mean, you know the story of St Sylvester Stallone, like. He, he wrote Rocky. He was offered $350,000 for it. He had no money and he turned it down. He said, unless I can star in it, I can't sell it. And then we were talking to Chaz the other day, Chaz Palmentarian. Same thing happened to him, it, it, you know, where they said, we want to buy your script, but we want to get a known actor. And so how many times have you heard the story where because the actor 
really believed in themselves. They held their ground until they accomplished elevating themselves. That has happened numerous times, and numerous times they've screwed themselves by doing that. But once again, it's it's uh, you know nothing venture, nothing gained. It's true. It just depends on really everybody can only answer that question for themselves. There's some actors that are like, you know what? I'd love to be the star of this, but if they want to buy it and they want to get, you know, said name actor in it and this becomes really huge, fine by me. And then there are those actors who are like, no, I wrote this for myself and the Stallone version of it. And uh, this is mine. And I don't care what you offer me. Everybody just has to answer that for themselves. It's really case by case, you know. For right now, Marcy, what makes you tick at doing what you do? This is the absolute, absolute joy of my life to be there to help any actor understand their worth. My God, well, you know, obviously to play any part in giving them the opportunity that gets them to the next level, that's fabulous. But to me, it's it's just as valuable to be there like an emotional support being, <laughs> emotional support human. Because again, there's uh, this business can be extremely scary for a performer because they see people on the other end as, how do I put this? I think actors see people on the other end as frightening, as a, a wall to get past. And if I can play a part in showing actors that many, many of us are very nurturing and very loving and only want the best for them and will fight for them. It makes them a little bit more comfortable the next time they go in. And even if they're going in to a room that's cold, at least they don't feel like everybody's that way. So I think it anything I can do to help lighten that load a little bit that's my reason for being. Nobody does special programs like one-on-one -on -one next level. It's where we really help actors shine. I'm Emilio. I signed with my Southeast agent right after the Atlanta trip. And now I'm auditioning several times every month. And you know, I almost didn't do the Atlanta trip because I thought it was just another cash grab. I can tell you from experience that it's not. That's not how one-on-one -on -one next level rolls. And here we are six months later and I already booked my first job with my Atlanta agent. I'm Rebecca, and the Bridge program demystified the industry for me. It gave me the platform to get off book in under 10 minutes. I met 60 new artists that are now all a part of my community, and I even signed with a manager. I have never walked away from a program so confident in my abilities. I'm so grateful for One on One Next Level. My name is Capenna, and I can finally call myself a working actor after participating in the LA Super Showcase. I had just moved to LA and I felt stuck. I came across the LA Super Showcase and let me tell you, it was a life-changing experience. I signed with an agent and since then, I've been auditioning for series regulars and booked my first TV job. I finally feel like I made it to the next level, thanks to One-on-One -on -one Next Level. In the next 12 months, One-on-One -on -one Next Level will host 27 special programs bringing you unmatched, exclusive access to industry connections. Special programs aren't just a one-and-done class. Instead, they're designed to accomplish in a weekend what it takes most actors months, even years to do. So whether you want to get repped in a smaller market like Atlanta, bypass casting directors and connect directly with TV showrunners and decision makers, or spend a weekend meeting a bunch of musical theater industry professionals in New York City, 
You have to become a member to be eligible to sign up for our special program. To apply, go to www.1on1nextlevel.com. We can't wait to hear your success story. We had three different guests so far, Kathleen Turner, Chaz and Wendy, and they all said the same thing, Marcy, Marcy which was really surprising. They were, we were asking them about training. You know, I said, well, who would you give the credit to in your career about, you know, for studying that really helped you get there? And they all said, the biggest credit goes to the act of doing. And we, we would not have gotten anywhere with our acting w- without the act of just getting out there and doing it. Yeah. And they're, and they're all in their like different versions. They're pretty much like, yeah, we, we, like there was training, but like it, you know, once again, like rules or like cookie cutter or, you know, they were, they were trying to, you know, put me in one direction and just from, you know, the, just from the will and, you know, perseverance and wanting to make it work. And, uh, you know, Wendy mentioned a little bit of like beginner's luck, like you don't really, like you don't know the restrictions. So you just, you go for it from that. They, they, they had success. Any thoughts on that, Marcy, what you've seen as actors as far as training versus? Yeah, I, it, again, personal to each individual, the answer. Some people really need, if nothing else, just the, the grounded foundation of feeling that they've got specific tools that they've been trained in to help them in situations on set. Other actors, that would muck them up because they've got their way of doing things and their way of doing things is quite unique and spectacular. And it's just so specific. To, I would never say you need training. I would never say you don't need training. It depends on the actor. Um, some of the greatest actors I know had no training, none. But some of the greatest actors I know did have full on training. So. It's as individual as, as, there, as there are human beings. The one thing that really I would like to just dispel, and whoever's listening here, they already know this because they're, they're actors probably usually. You don't like it with anybody. Would anybody ever say, it's a good idea to lump all of this category of people into, into one place and say, they fill in the blank. We're all so individual. So a lot of times I hear, well, actors, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, huh? You're talking about an enormous amount of human beings who all come from different places and different backgrounds and different upbringings and their talent comes from different places. How can you possibly say all actors? That's why a lot of times when actors say to me, well, how do casting directors feel about And I'll say, well, to me, that's almost like saying, how do actors feel about it? It's like we all come to it from different places. Every casting director becomes a casting director from a different mindset, a different trajectory. They handle uh, how they how they run their room or their business or whatever. Everybody does it in their own way, and there is no one way. I wish I wish I could make it easy for people and say, yes, there there are rules, and this is what everybody does. But that's not true at all. And I didn't even know that and until I got into casting. I was even under the impression, and for God's sake, I've been in the business my whole life. And I was under the impression that, you know, well, you have to do it this way. And then I was told one day, you can do whatever you want. I was like, oh, I can? <laughs> okay. And it, that, that, that made me literally 
fall in love with it because if I can do it my way and I can take care of people and nurture them while they're auditioning and have that in one package, oh, oh, that makes me happy. And Marcy, you know, I know even before March of 2020, the industry had been changing a lot, but definitely in the last two years, you know, things have really changed a lot. If you could tell any of our listeners, the majority of them were actors, like, you know, just anything during this time to, you know, keep them inspired. Inevitably with all of society, there's just a lot of malaise and, you know, uh, and some people are like, is it even worth it to, you know, to, to keep doing this? Like, do I really want to work at a bar in New York City and, you know, and go after my dreams? I feel like things are, you know, there's a little bit of like, optimism and, you know, inspiration coming back a bit. The purpose of this podcast really is to help inspire and re-inspire. You could, you know, part any factoring in the last two years, any any like advice and inspirational words for, for our listeners? Yeah, I feel like um, a lot of actors are upset that they're not in the room anymore and really won't be for the foreseeable future. Um, who knows when, and a lot of actors miss that. And again, it harkens back to uh, my talking about being grateful for the, the things that you do have as opposed to the things you don't have. And to me, I when I first heard that, oh no, we're gonna have to just really have self-taping for a long time, I was like, well, this is a disaster. I mean, I want to not only be able to adjust the actors in the room and play with them in that way, but I want to be able to hug them. And that interaction to me was crucial. And I was like, this, 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 no, this, this, no, not going to work. And very, very, very quickly, I changed my mind because I saw very quickly, oh, wait, we can see three times the actors that we did before, number one. So it lifts the opportunity greatly in numbers for actors to be seen on things. As far as the overused word of self-empowerment goes, what's more beautiful as an actor than to be able to control what your audition is going to look like, how you're represented? It's all up to you. I mean, you can do it 5,000 times at home and send the 5,000 in first take. You can do it once. You can put your sides in a place where you can see them and pretend like you're talking to the reader, but really you're reading your sides because you don't understand the, or, or just couldn't get down, not understand, you couldn't get down the lingo of something like lawyer lingo or doctor lingo, whatever it is, you can control who you're reading with. So many things that you couldn't do before. Actors get hired the same amount of times. It's not like oh, you're at a disadvantage. And a lot of actors think maybe I'm at a disadvantage because I'm not in the room. And I don't find that at all. If a casting director needs to work with you because they love you for it, but there's just, it's not as simple as making one adjustment and telling you to do it again, which happens all the time. They can always have a Zoom session with you and do it that way. So there's always a way to get the best of both worlds. And the other thing that's great in terms of the last couple of years is diversity and inclusion. It just keeps going down that correct track and it's beautiful. People I'd say like five years ago or six years ago were like, well, is this just going to be a thing? And then it's just going to go back. And I was like, oh, what? a door is open. The door is open. 
But now everybody is seeing that that's true. And so there's just so much opportunity now. Nothing is perfect. Of course, nothing is perfect. Um, nothing in the universe is perfect. It's like the Chinese teacup where they say, they say in ancient China, they would take a porcelain teacup and purposely put a crack in it because nothing can be perfect. You know, that's okay as long as we're going down the right road. We've said this many times. You know, if you weren't a casting director, you really would be a master teacher, not just of acting, but also of life. You know, your and mindset, you know, your your mindset, you know, when you come into a room, like I said, for some reason, the train always shows up for me when it, it, it really does start with the mindset. But uh, you've contributed so much to the actors who come here and to wherever, wherever you you go. And uh, we just want to thank you for not only being here, but for doing what you do. Well, I, I love you. And you know that, you know, I've I've been with you for like, ah, oh, what? almost 30 years, maybe not exactly the 30 years, but close to it, because, you know, this is the place where actors are treated in a way where it's, you're not just a number. Every class that I've ever had with you guys, there's amazing, amazing talent there. And I don't think that that's just an accident. So I thank all of you for that. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done it yet, grab the Backstage Pass. You've got to get the Backstage Pass. There's behind-the-scenes footage. We've taken the biggest takeaways from the episode and written them down for you. There's also tools and resources to help move your career forward. It's the easiest way to turn this podcast into a tool for your career as opposed to something you just listen to as you're doing the dishes. 